Hey, everybody, welcome back to Gear 30 on the Blister Podcast Network. I'm Jonathan Ellsworth, and you, of course, can check out everything we're doing and reviewing over at blisterreview.com. Okay, today we have another Blister Labs update for you, and we've been doing quite a bit of exciting stuff on the mountain bike side of things, and specifically testing wheel sets. So today we have Greg Vanderbeek back on Gear 30. Greg was last on Gear 30 for episode number 204. Ran that on July 8th. And in that conversation, you got to learn a lot more about Greg's background and you got to hear about some of the things we were looking to do with respect to testing wheel sets. Well, today you get to hear more about the actual testing of wheel sets And Greg talks a bit about some of the results and takeaways and proof of concept that we are establishing in these tests. And, spoiler alert, I was actually down at Western Colorado University again this evening talking with faculty and some students about another Blister Labs project that we're going to be working on. And so, man, again... We aren't slowing down around here, so lots of exciting stuff happening these days. Now, before we dive into my conversation with Greg, I want to make sure that you have subscribed to our Crafted podcast. This is our new podcast where we actually kind of think of it as like gear 30, but for every other thing other than ski and bike gear and that kind of thing. So over on Crafted, we are off to a very solid start. We just released an episode earlier this week with the co-founder of Offset Beer, which is an absolutely phenomenal little brewery in Park City, Utah. So I promise you, if you are a faithful Gear 30 listener, please do yourself a favor and listen to the first three episodes that we've posted over on Crafted because we just are still doing what we do, which is really dive into the details of product design and manufacturing. And we're identifying the important principles to different companies and really just exploring what it means to make things well. So it's called Crafted and you can subscribe to it wherever you get your podcasts. We have more fascinating episodes coming. The next one will be out this coming Wednesday. And we also have some serious heavy hitters coming on Crafted 2. So it's getting real good real quick over there. Now, the other thing I want to say is that we are getting very close to sending off our massive winter buyer's guide to the printer. And so we are going to be announcing our pre-order of the limited edition print copy of the buyer's guide. If you want to be guaranteed a buyer's guide, then the safest thing to do is to become a Blister member now, if you aren't already, and select that you want to receive the print copy. Because Blister members will be guaranteed to get a copy if you sign up before we actually send these things off. Now, if you're not a Blister member, but you still want a copy, then I would advise you to keep an eye on the site. And when we post the pre-order for the guide... Go ahead and purchase that guide as quickly as you can. I just have a hunch this year we're going to run out. So 
fair warning there. And with that, let's go ahead and get to another fantastic conversation with Greg Vanderbeek. Here we go. All right. Well, I am very happy to be here back in Blister headquarters in Elevation Hotel with Greg Vanderbeek. In Crested Butte. In Crested Butte. Any other qualifiers, modifiers? Um, you got great wall art. We do have great yeah, wall art. A lot of skis and bikes. Yeah. It's pretty good. Yeah. I like it. It's pretty good in here. We've just had an amazing kind of warm-up conversation, I guess that would be called. A lot of life advice. Mm-hmm. Good update on you. I think I pulled a hamstring during that conversation. <laughs> it was so intense. It was it was intense and and uh, educational yeah, and educational yeah. for sure. It's about to get more educational though. Hopefully. But before we dive into what we're actually supposed to be talking about, which is Blister Lab stuff and updates, yep. we're going to talk a little bit about tires, bike tires. Yeah, I noticed you got a fresh set on that uh, uh, ride of yours. I do. Brand new tires. They never are going to look this nice again. No, it's 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 a, it's like your birthday. It really is. Every time you put fresh rubber on your bike, you should celebrate. Well, yeah. And those beautiful black tires. Well, on the front, and I wanted to talk to you about this because you have some experience with this, but for the first time ever, I put an Asagai tire on the front. I've got a DHR on the back. Yep. And turns out you have yeah. that tire. Front and rear. Front and rear. And it's the first time I've ridden the same rear tire as I have front. And it was somewhat by accident. I've ran the Asagai in the front for a while and think it tracks amazing. I've always done a minion and then tossed that on there and was like, wow, I really like this. And previously I always had a rolly tire in the rear thinking, you know, fast flowy. Yeah. I don't mind if my rear end slides out, get around corners, that kind of stuff. And the last bike that I got came with it front and rear and love the traction. Can't say that I'm faster on climbs, but yeah. I, I definitely feel it. Uh, the traction going up techie stuff for sure. This is a common theme in the work that we're doing at Blister Labs, everybody's got different preferences and priorities, right? Mm -hmm. We talk about this all the time. I am very clear that my number one priority when it comes to bike tires is traction. Yeah. Now, granted, I'm not like riding studded tires, you know, <laughs> like, but, you know, aside from that, like, just give me all the traction. And so yeah. I'm excited to check this out. And I told you, if I would have known that you were running this tire front and back, I probably would have done the same. Oh, thanks. for. I think that's a compliment. It is. Yeah, great. And it's really just a testament to how much I like appreciate traction. Yeah. But I like you too. Yeah. No, I, I, obviously the front is critical. Um, I'm finding and enjoying to track a little bit better in the rear also. So, I mean, I used to run anything from an aggressor to the far extreme of running like an ardent in the rear. And now um, I have the, you know, ask the guy front and rear and I'm loving it. Well, I'll report back. All right. Yeah. Let me know if you I think. think you're dead wrong. Yeah. Well, actually good. I can't report back cause I only have it on the front, but um, we'll see. Yeah. Anyway, it's really nice. You're right. It's, it is a bit like my birthday. So thank you everyone for hearing this. And uh, <laughs> um, yeah, I'm pretty excited. Yeah. Speaking of exciting things, Blister Labs. Yeah. We had an exciting summer. Um, really this summer we wanted to do a lot of proof of concept and really cement many of the processes that we were doing. So uh, you heard from John Humbert, 
who, you know, one of the top roboticists in the world, he's been implementing ways to test, you know, everything from vibration, movement, deflection in um, his robots, many of them, you know, airplane wings, things like that. And so we were implementing some of the same strategy that he's used in his lab with a lot of his autonomous robots. And we were implementing that in the field. So not a one-to-one type of scale. So, you know, initially one of the things we wanted to do was proof of concept. Can we take the same strategy that Sean's been doing in his lab? Can we take that and do it in the field? Because there's a lot of complications, right? Not only do you have an object where you're trying to track, right, the deflection X, Y, Z in space, but it's also rotating at, uh, depending on the obstacles you're going through at a high speed. So uh, we built a closed course. Uh, we built a you know, pretty cool four foot drops and bank turns, a rock garden, and we took wheels and we just went through and continued to run them over and over and over again. Uh, swap the wheels out, keep everything else the same, swap the wheels out. And we did have an NASA guy in the front. Uh, you did? It, yeah. Yeah. It's one of my favorite tires. We had a- I heard um, that about you. Yeah. We had recently. an XO Plus. And uh, so, yeah, kept everything as much of the same as we could and just ran these obstacles over and over again with the idea of, can we push this system to the limit and still get these high precision measurements? And, you know, early results are really promising. It looks really good. So let's- back up for a second, kind of zoom out. People should, if they haven't already, listen to the conversation that you and I had, was that two months ago, probably about? Yeah, around there. Two months ago on Gear 30 to kind of get a bit more of the macro picture of like what we're doing. But I think we should just remind the people, mm -hmm. what are we doing here? So Blister's done a great job of always you know, stating this is how a ski, a bike, a wheel set performs. But there's a lot of noise in there because inevitably you have a unique rider uh, taking that wheel set out, that ski, whatever. So what we're trying to do is really filter out the rider and look at it more from an engineering perspective. What are the forces going into this wheel and how does the wheel react to that? We're trying to do that not only in the field, through the system that we're developing, but also do it in the lab, but have the two validated because we've been able to corroborate what we're measuring in the field is what we're seeing in the lab, right? If we could give end users an idea of, hey, this is where you would fall on, say, a force curve. I mean, think of suspension, right? Suspension has been able to been be dialed in for a long time where you have at lower forces, you have a different curve than you do higher forces. And now with you know, carbon fiber layups and all types of stuff getting better and better, wheel manufacturers have this opportunity to create curves that are compliant in different ranges of different forces. Well, where does a rider fall in those forces, right? That's one of the things that can be challenging about reading other people's review because physically they may be completely different than you. So can we quantify what individual riders, so maybe break out 10 riders or mm -hmm. so, and say that based off of your riding style, your weight, this is where you would fall within, you know, types of forces you would put into say a banked curve or uh, a G out or a rock garden or something like that. And then you could then look at that with the different curves that we are testing for wheel performance. Mostly while you were talking, I was thinking about <laughs> how amazing espresso is 
because that was really well done. And when <laughs> when I met up with you, I was like, we need to get you caffeine right now. It's totally worked. That was an incredibly uh, articulate statement and overview of what we're doing and why. So I'm going to get in trouble because the last time I was here, I was on like four hours of sleep because we had just traveled back from a family trip. Yeah. Uh, and I was holding myself together. And so uh, now I'm coming in after the first day of lectures. So we had four hours of lecture today. And so espresso does the trick. The wonder drink. Yeah. Yeah. We could just have an advertisement or something like that. Right I know there. for espresso, yeah. what we're celebrating, espresso. <laughs> um, no, that was really well said. And I, you know, we're trying to be careful here, right? In terms of how much we're saying about what we've seen so far. But let's just say we've now seen enough where this is getting really interesting. Yeah. One of the things I'm excited about is that a lot of industries are benefiting from the advancement of material science. Yeah. And, you know, bikes, skis, the outdoor industry is right there with it. So we have different materials being utilized in bike components. You know, right now we're talking about wheels, right? So it appears like many of these manufacturers can create layups in carbon fiber wheels that they have the ability to do different a different feel at different forces and that's one of the things that we're excited about investigating so let's talk a little bit about you know what is effectively at this point i think we can almost call it an age-old question for mountain bikers aluminum wheels versus carbon wheels yeah a lot of debate on that one there is yeah and for some good reasons and so talk a little bit about especially with some of the field testing and really, I mean, all the testing that has been happening so far. Talk a little bit about what you've seen, maybe seen reinforced, I don't know, yeah. on the like carbon versus aluminum wheels question. Yeah. I think the big differentiator is in the shape of the curve at different forces. So aluminum is a homogeneous isotropic material. So when you see it in a frame, if they want different properties like stiffness in different directions, they have to change the geometry. Well, that's kind of nullified with a round wheel, right? So we're seeing very linear patterns as we would expect with aluminum, whereas carbon fiber, you can lay things up so that you have different properties uh, throughout these force curves. And so that's one of the areas that we're most excited about exploring next. So it's not that one is better than yep. the other. Yep. It's just that through a series, you know, through different forces, one can behave in a different manner. Whereas aluminum, it's going to behave the same, right? You're going to have a linear pattern uh, with, you know, your deflection, for example, or your radial compliance through a, a, a force. Whereas carbon fiber, it looks like manufacturers can tune it so that you have different slopes to your curve based off of the amount of force you're putting in. Let's see how good you are now. If someone just heard you say that and is like, I don't know what that means if I am looking to buy wheels. So aluminum is a linear pattern. I don't really care, but tell me what that means out on the trail. I'd break it down to forces, right? Some individuals are going to have a narrower bandwidth of force, right? Think of an individual that rides um, very non-technical train yeah. and they're not looking to pump their bike into every turn and all of that. Well, they may be at a great sweet spot 
for an aluminum wheel. That you may have a rider on the other end of the spectrum that rides all different mm -hmm. types of trails. So they're looking to have both soft bump compliance, but they also, if they're hitting bigger hits, want that slope to get much stiffer. You can almost relate it back to suspension, right? Yeah. So you see suspension curves, you want soft bump compliance, but you don't want to bottom that thing out. Mm -hmm. And so you want a different slope in the curve at those higher forces makes a lot of sense. And where we might then be able to go with this, um, you know, you said somebody who's riding non-technical terrain, I think we often call these flow trails these days, right? Correct. If you're riding flow trails and you're not trying to corner the hell out of some of these flow trails, we might end up making the recommendation that a certain aluminum wheel might be really in your wheelhouse. Yeah. And then we'll figure out what, you know, you can figure out what your budgets are and all the rest. But that's an example of where that might be a really nice fit for someone. Yeah. And you could go another end of the spectrum where maybe you have a very aggressive XC rider yeah. and they want a very stiff wheel, but they're also going at high speeds. And so they want a lot of radial compliance. So they would be interested in knowing based off of their weight riding style, mm -hmm. what types of forces that they are capable of putting into a wheel. And then where would that put them? in certain wheels, essentially their curves, right? You want to look for that sweet spot. So where do you think we're heading? I was about to say next. Maybe it's not next, but... Yeah, I think it's a continuation of yeah. what we're doing. Now that we've had a proof of concept that the systems that we've been working on are indeed working, now it's time to start implementing them on a broader scale, right? Let's, let's test more wheels. Let's get more data points. You talk to any engineer or statistician, the more points, the merrier, right? You want to make sure that you're not basing anything on outliers and all of that. So bringing in more wheels, doing more testing, and then ultimately more field testing, I think is going to be one of the sweetest parts is because as we're dialing in this technique that we're developing, we're going to continue to have breakthroughs in processing the data and we're going to get better and better with being able to pull out what I think is some of the interesting stuff of like radial compliance, right? Angular deflection when you go into a turn or XYZ deflection as you ping pong through a rock garden and then relating that back to, of course, the laboratory data. Well, dude, I... I'm still in awe of espresso. This is literally the most succinct podcast we've ever recorded in like eight years and many hundreds. <laughs> I can't believe what just happened. Uh, so well I think done. That was a backhanded compliment, but I'm not sure. I don't. I don't really know. I th probably. I just uh, you, the transformation has has been significant, and I think that was all really nicely said. Thank you. Anything else well, before? Looking around the room, I, the elephant I see is like, when are we announcing the uh, Blister Summit for bikes? Because <laughs> I'm seeing 2023. <laughs> okay. You're going way off script right now. <laughs> uh, oh, I'm sorry. I didn't see the script. No, we are not making that announcement okay. today. All right. That was awkward. Now it's pressure. Well, I've been asked this a lot actually recently. And for good reason. Yeah. Because having attended the last Blister Summit, yeah. I mean, smiles for miles on that one. Yeah. Everyone was psyched. Yeah. And we have a lot of brown pow here. And it would be great to get gear manufacturers and companies out here and get them working together, talking together, and you know, 
I think it'd be a good idea. That's sick because I you know I really don't have much going on right now. So uh, no. our team neither like Luke Kappa, Kara, they'll be stoked. They all said their calendars are empty. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay, one more thing. That's our motto here at Blister. One yeah, more thing. That's it. One more thing. Yeah. Um, Tops right around the next corner. Hey man, this is fun. Thanks for the update. Yeah, thank you. And uh, I'm really looking forward to the next round of lab testing. I. You held the last one while I was literally out of town, yeah. which I did not appreciate. Then you yelled at me today for missing it. Didn't raise was... my voice, but I just brought up the fact that <laughs> when we set up all of these cool know. tests and everything yeah. in a closed course, you weren't there. I know. I will be at the next one. Okay. I, I need a little heads up. Like an hour? Uh, a little more than that. Roger. But we'll be there. Yeah, we do need to like dial this in. By the way, Wheel Manufacturers, another round is coming. I'm excited. Yeah. So uh, it'll be good. And I'm really happy with where we are. A lot of momentum with mm-hmm. Blister Labs. That's been really cool to see. And uh, yeah, proud of what this larger crew of people that we're bringing into this world are, are doing and up to. And it's uh, pretty good, folks. Pretty good. So, well, hey, man, appreciate it. Cool. As Thanks always. Thanks for having me in. Yeah. I'm going to let you go home. All right. <laughs> Talk to you later. Next time. All right, well, it is now time for our weekly What We're Celebrating segment. And interestingly, I have in my hand currently some new glassware. I ordered these kind of sipping glasses from a company called Norlin. And they're talking a pretty big game about how these really sort of allow whiskey to be tasted as it should be tasted. I'm trying it out for the first time tonight with uh, some Whistle Pig six-year-old piggyback rye. I got a tiny little ice cube in there tonight. Just, you know, just chilling things out a little bit. And I don't know that I'm noticing a huge difference yet with the Norland, but we're going to, you know, do what we do, run some A-B tests here with some regular glasses. And I don't know, I'll keep you posted. New glassware, what are you going to do? Anyway, what I'm going to be raising my glass to tonight, well, first of all, obviously, espresso. Man, espresso. You sure as hell got Greg sounding good in this conversation. I'm also really just excited about the Blister Lab stuff. I mentioned in the intro that I was down again on the campus of Western Colorado University, and the faculty that we are working with and the super engaged and passionate students that we're working with on some new stuff down there. This stuff is super cool. I cannot imagine if I had access to things like this back when I was in school. I don't know. Maybe I never would have gone down the literature and philosophy path. Who knows what kind of sliding door scenario that is. But man, we are chopping it up down there and getting into the weeds with what I think are some really interesting projects that are going to make some waves in our outdoor industry. That is what I predict. So very excited with all that stuff. It is always fun to be working with smart and passionate people. And on that note, last shout out to our Blister squad. Everybody here has been going really hard, really hard. And the buyer's guide is going great. We have all these new things going on and I'm just really proud of our team and I'm really happy to be able to get to work with such good people every single day. So to the Blister team, thank you as always, but even more so recently, thanks for all you do. And that then brings us to the end of this edition of Gear 30. 
I want to say thanks to Greg for the conversation. Thanks to the strikingly handsome Justin Bob for producing this episode. And from the entire Blister team, please take good care of yourself and everybody else. And we are going to be talking to you this coming Monday over on the Blister podcast. And I'm just going to go ahead and tell you, Chris Davenport is back on the Blister podcast. There was a big announcement this week with respect to Chris and a new ski company that he is now working with. And on the day of that announcement, I sat down and recorded a conversation with Chris about that and about skiing in Portillo because I wanted to live a little bit vicariously and hear from somebody who had literally just been on snow because it turns out I am jonesing again. So subscribe to the Blister Podcast, tune into that, and Monday, Chris Davenport, ladies and gentlemen. All right, everybody, please have a terrific weekend, and we will talk to you real soon.